Welcome everyone to Business Growth on Purpose. My name is Jose Palomino. I'm CEO of Value Prop Interactive. And it is my great pleasure every week to be interviewing experts from around the world, owners of other B2B businesses, and sometimes just sharing some of my personal insights from decades of helping businesses grow on purpose. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody. Jose Palomino with Business Growth on Purpose. And as you know, I'm CEO of Value Prop, and I've been working for close to the last 20 years with business owners, mostly in the B2B space, uh, in that small to mid-market size, 10, 15, 20, 25 million dollars in size, figure out their strategy to get to the next level. So that's all about the business and what they want to accomplish there. But what about things like what's in it for them personally? I don't mean just the financial reward, but how do they feel about satisfaction on the job? How do they feel about putting the kind of sacrifice and time into what they're doing? For what end? To make money? Well, that's part of it, but people do it for a lot of different reasons. Our guest today, Greg Martin, really spends time thinking about this, and he doesn't come at it from a kind of a touchy-feely place. He comes at it from a pragmatic M&A background, also has been an entrepreneur, started a business, successfully grew a business, and actually moved back into M&A. So Greg's story is very exciting. You'll listen as, as, we join, as he joins our show. Welcome, Greg, to Business Growth on Purpose. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, so Greg, tell our audience a little bit about what you do and who you do it for and kind of you know where you are in the world right now. Yeah, so today I'm an investment banker. I work with small, I would say call it 30 to 300 million is probably our sweet spot of companies and we help sell them is the main thing that we, we do when you know, a founder is trying to monetize their business after building it for, for many, many years. We we help with that and we're just, you know, experts at that at that field. But, you know, my career and my history has come from a bunch of things. I've been an entrepreneur myself and, and I sort of bring a lot of that to my my day job today. And, you know, as part of the organization, I work at a company called Origin Merchant Partners. We're, we're a boutique of about 50 people uh, based in, in Toronto. And uh, and that's my that's my day job. Okay, that's your that's your day job. I like that. So what what is your what is your passion then? Well, on the side. So what happened was I started my career in investment banking, and uh, it's it's you know it doesn't really matter if you know a whole lot about this or not, but it's one of these grueling careers where when at the start you're working you know hundred hour weeks, and that's just that just known. You get paid well, but it's it's a lot of time. You have to give up a lot. For it. And so I sort of told myself, I'm going to do it for a couple of years, learn a lot, and then I'll go do what I really want to do. And uh, I hit the 10-year mark of still being in investment banking and sort of had a bit of a, uh, I don't know, not crisis, but I was, you know, well, hey, what what am I doing here? Am I, right. am I being this for the rest of my life or is there more? And so, you know, over time, I ended up leaving. I did it kind of slowly, but starting my own business, which was a, a restaurant business. It was kind of a food, it was a restaurant and we had a big sort of corporate catering part of it as well. And, uh, what, you, and wanted a, you wanted a low pressure business and nothing's lower pressure than restaurant and the food business. <laughs> yeah. It took me a long time to come up with it, but I, it was one of these things where I said, like, you know, I love the food business. I'm so intrigued by it, 
I can't stop thinking about it that I just, I, you know, even if I don't make a ton of money, I just want to learn about it. And I okay. did all that stuff. <laughs> Not that I recommend people go and do it. I think uh, that's pretty unanimous among a lot of food people. But, um, you know, it was it was just, cr- you know, again, crazy experience. And we um, we ended up, though, like the pandemic killed us. Like it was just it was our business was so narrowly focused on catering and offices that when the pandemic happened, it, it was challenging. So, uh, you know, I tried for probably a year and a half after the pandemic to come up to work on something that could, and it was okay, but I sort of, uh, I realized over time that I just, I couldn't like it was just, it, it, it was too challenging, frankly, right. for me. Like I just, I couldn't figure out a way. And, uh, and I ended up coming back to investment banking, uh, where, where I am today, actually the same company, but with just a completely different perspective mindset, I had learned a ton by going out and being on my own. And, uh, and so that's, yeah, that, but that's kind of my career journey. Well, so now what's interesting about that is that, you know, before before you started your own business, you were giving advice, counsel, you know, uh, you were shepherding deals to yeah. closure and so on for these owners. Do you feel your experience as an owner on this round two as an investment banker informs or supports what you're doing now in a way that had you not had that experience, maybe there's some things that would have been different? Yeah, 100%. I, I think I can relate to my clients so much more now because I've been in their shoes. And I also did feel a little bit full of it (laughs) before because I was giving all these clients advice and I had never done it. I was just telling them what I I was trained to tell them and what I had sort of seen by never actually being in their shoes. So it certainly did help. Um, To me, it was kind of like, you know, starting a business was kind of like an MBA for me of going and just taking a break from work going and learning something and and that's how I, I i kind of approached it yeah wow now now greg this journey as i understand it and you know part of you know even the fact that here you were doing you know doing well working hard doing well but you know young professional and so on but you were willing to pause long enough to ask the question is this it like is this is this like do i just clock in three more decades of doing this yeah. or do i do something else And now with the fresh perspective. So I know you started your podcast with kind of to explore some of those kinds of questions. So I don't want to I don't want to speak it for you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the podcast direction and that area of interest that you now have in your life? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like 100 years ago, there was 10 jobs. You know, there was like (laughs) blacksmith and you were working in a mine somewhere. Maybe you were there was very few and today it's unbelievable how many different types of like you just no person can conceptualize know really what's out there and there's just so much and i think what's so unique about that is now in this day and age we can we can get so much fulfillment out of our careers and we don't necessarily talk about it enough but we don't teach that in school and university the same way that i think it sort of needs to be and you almost need to really work on it like how do i enjoy my job and it's it's so much mental it's so much about understanding other people and what they've done and how they've approached the world of work. And that's what so that's what the podcast was about. It was really about trying to explore that with people and getting from them, whether you're a doctor or an investment banker, or you're a lawyer, or you're, you know, someone who works in the trades, like what, what, what do you get out of work? What are you trying to do with your, with your life? And why do you find what you do for a living fun and fulfilling? And it's something that I, I don't know, I don't know if you think about enough. And so I, you know, I'm hoping that people even listening to us now think about it and go have a conversation with a loved one or something and say like, because if, if your answer is, 
I'm just doing this for the next 30 years so I can get enough money to retire. And then, you know, retirement's going to be really fun. I, I think that's the wrong way to go. And I just think that sure. really it's is, not a, it's, is like, yeah. And so. it's not a good way to bet because health is something, as we've all learned as a world the last three years, health is not something you can take for granted. And so you, you may have that great big, uh, you know, uh, prize winning day, you sold your business, but you may not be able to enjoy it. So, you know, you have to enjoy the doing. But what's interesting about your question here is what, what struck me as you were describing it, because I work mostly with business owner leaders of probably maybe on the lower end of the, of the scale where you are. So every day they're clocking in, they're working. And here's what they lack. And I love your position on this, uh, Greg, because they, they often lack feeling they have permission to ask that question. They're just, they're just doing the doing. They're raising a family. They're taking care of their employees and so on. So do you find as you talk to owners of businesses that they're kind of maybe they didn't even know they were allowed to have that conversation or to think about it that way in, in, a, in a kind of, a, I mean, they knew legally they were allowed, but, but in a sense, emotion, they weren't free to do it. Yeah. Good question. I mean, I, I feel like when I was in my business and when you're in any business, it's different than a regular nine to five day job because you can't get out of it. Like, it's not like you could, this is your business that you've built when you're a business right. owner. Like that is your, that is you, that's your entity, that's your existence, that's everything. Yeah. And so to leave that is tough. And if you don't love it, or if you, not if you don't love it, but if you feel like it's just, everyone has a bad day, a bad month, a bad year, a bad whatever. There's not really a whole lot else you can do. You know, you just kind of end up, I think, withdrawing probably more than anything and and, and not worrying, working about it. And I think, you know, I actually think though, having a coach or having someone or resetting or doing something like really, really helps. I, I think it's just, it's that talking to people about, about it. The challenge is, it, you know, I feel like, and we've, I've worked with businesses where we've sold, we sold the business, right? And it's the identity of someone and they've come right. to us and it takes a long time. And then you, you have this founder who has built this business for 20 years. They they, they get a, millions of dollars and they're miserable because everything they <laughs> was them, everything they did, everything they knew was this business. And they thought what they were doing was, was doing all that. So they would get this money at the end and then they could do whatever they want. And they're like, no, I just kind of want to run my business. I really just loved it. So it, to me, I guess the answer is, is perspective. I think you have to do what you're saying you have to give yourself that permission so that you can get perspective. And that's what I did. I left my, my job to go start a business myself to kind of get a different perspective. And that just, it's, I don't know, I just find it so important. It's something that we just kind of need to do to advance ourselves as people. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, it's interesting. Some, when you talk about identity, a lot of times these businesses, the, their name is literally on yeah. On the front door. <laughs> so it's it's not even a subtle, you know, a symbolic uh, connection. It's a very ex, uh, very explicit connection. But you know what's interesting about it though is, it, and what I find in dealing with owners, and let me say it this way: when I deal with people who don't deal with businesses, people coming from academic or, or perspective and so on, they often think that people in business are almost a caricature that you see in movies and so on. Like, you know, like, hey, hey I'm going to, you know, right. my employees and so on. But, you know, at least my exposure in doing this for close to 20 years is most business owners actually really do care about the employees, actually do see them as important stakeholders that they want to provide a good opportunity for. So that transition to all of a sudden, that's somebody else's responsibility, right? Because they gave you the money, so you're out. It, I could see that being really challenging, just like it's it's almost like 
not being like right now we're just about to be empty nesters right so it's kind of like we've been parenting for so long and now we have like adult children you know so it's it's a it's a transition that you can't go back to and of course you fail if you try to to stay in that same modality because that doesn't work i mean obviously so interesting so let me ask you this question then for an owner looking at trying or anybody in business, because this lesson doesn't just apply to owners. It could be somebody building out a career arc and so on. Uh, you're right. All the education, all the talks mostly have to do with how to do what you're doing better. Yep. So what are some of the touchstones about saying I'm doing this for me or I'm going to get, how, how can I start getting more satisfaction out of my day to day? I can't just, leave the keys on the table and be done with it because it's too much involved. I'd lose my house. I'd lose my income and all of that. So I can't do that. But how do I go about even starting to get into that mindset? What have you know, you've been with your podcast, talking to people doing this successfully. I'm just curious, Greg, what have you found that people who do that transition? Well, that start thinking about it more deeply. What are the steps they're taking to get there? Yeah. So it's a bit abstract to sort of say in, in many ways, but, you know, I think the way I think about it is you've done something a certain way. So you've op- maybe just say we've operated your business a certain way forever. And to do something different, you have to change something, right? Like it's it's, it's hard, right? Um, and so I, I think to get wrap your mind around those things, you have to just, well, you have to do that. <laughs> you have to wrap your mind around it and try to think through, okay, here's what I want to do. Here's where I want to take this. And and I think the big thing is start including your people, your employees, whoever you're working with in that discussion, in that decision, in that thinking, and then start talking outwardly with other businesses. They can be your competitors and very close to what you do, but also just a bit different. And I think what that sort of starts to get you to do is is think about how other people and what they've done <laughs> and how they're doing it and how that might relate to you. There are certain business owners who they, you know, they work two hours a day and they just, uh, they, you know, they meet with their people, they make sure everything's okay. And then they go and do something else. And mm-hmm. that, I don't know if that's either good or bad. Like that could be great for some people, but two hours might not be enough time. Like you, right. then you've got another six, seven, eight, ten. I don't know how many hours to figure out what else you're doing and to get kind of that fulfillment from that. And so it may be this situation where you're saying, okay, well, um, how am I going to use those six, eight hours extra that I have to find fulfillment, to be enjoyed, to either grow my business, to grow another business, whatever. All oftentimes though, with business owners, it's the flip side. <laughs> they're working 12 hours a day and they're trying to figure out, well, how do I work? How do I work two or how do I even work eight? And I think for that, it's, it's a purely, um, it's a, it's a, these yes or no answers of, of, of do I need to do these things? So you got to write down your day. Here's all the things I did today. Can I give this to someone else on my team already that that I know can you know take on more work and would like the responsibility or not? Or do we need to hire someone to do it? Um, oh, and then maybe the third is is can I just not do it at all and will that have an impact? But sort of making those decisions can either add time or take time. I, I, to me, I think it's prioritizing and a timing thing and really gets down to how you're going to organize all that stuff. Right. Well, I love the, the word about prioritization. So somebody once told me, and I use it, I, I would like to give attribution, but I don't remember who told me originally, but he said, there's no no such thing as time management. There's only priority management. Yeah. So because you can't, we all get the same 168 hours a week. So that's, you know, no matter how well you manage it, you're going to still have the same 168. 
but it's your priorities that determine what you focus on. And, you know, I'm thinking about that person. So I'm sure there are people listening now saying, well, I wouldn't mind walking in for two hours a day and then go out and, you know, play golf or whatever. But, but I've known people have done, done the golf thing. And after about three months, it's actually gets old. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not meaning. Right. It's, it's, it's a nice diversion, but it's not meaning. So do you find, or have you dealt with owners that say, you know, the reality is I inherited the business from my dad and I actually hate it. You know, I actually, or if I don't hate it, I actually just don't like any, you know, I just do it out of responsibility. Yeah. And what would you tell somebody like that? Time to go time to time, time to check out. I guess it depends on why you hate it. Um, but I think, I think what, so it's certainly a challenge. I think if you're living in your father's mother's shoes mm -hmm. or image forever, right. I, I think it's hard, right? Like that's actually a very hard thing to do because you're not making decisions for you. You're making them, you're making the decisions that you think they will want. Um, right. the show succession is probably a good, oh, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, caricature of this decision of like, okay, I've got a business and I want, I want my kids, like any parent wants their kid to, I think take over the business, be their image. That's in many ways why we have kids. And it can be, you know, you can just do it because you want to please your your parents. Um, and so that, I agree. It's like, it's a, it's a total challenge. And I think to, to, to do, I think what you, what you need to do as the business owner, there running the business is, is make a decision of whether you need to be the point person in that business and, or whether you could take a step back and do something else. And I think the way to do that is to figure out, okay, well, again, here's what I do in a day. Which parts of these do I like and which parts do I not? If you hate all of it, then yes. I think you probably just need to find, maybe you can become an owner and, and, right. and give that, you know, give that business over to someone else who can run it day to day or, or sell the business. But if you can find parts of the business that you like, where you can provide your own value, where you can really, I think, bring an expertise, because that's what we're looking for. I think as I've interviewed lots of people and I've just explored this world, I think like we, we, that's what we need. We need challenges that we need things that we're good at. We need to get better at those things. We need to feel like we matter and that we have an impact on the organization, whether we're the bottom employee or running the business. And you need to find those sorts of things within that business. If you can't, then yes, you're going to hate it. Um, and so it's, uh, you have to kind of go on an exploration, um, a journey to explore those things and if you can find them and if you can't then i, I do think you have to leave like it's not it's, it's it's something that is really important for us to find a fulfillment in our job i i believe yeah, well i i agree and and i think what's interesting about that and what i've uh, only rarely seen but where an owner thinks they have to occupy certain roles within the organization and in fact they they might have liked it better when they were like earlier in the business and they were doing something that they thought was below the owner level, right? Yeah. Maybe they like working in the shop. Maybe they're a craftsman. You know, that's what they are at heart. They end up holding the equity. It doesn't mean they have to be the CEO because maybe they're not equipped for that. Yeah. And, and I'm a big, uh, in big concurrence with you, uh, Greg, that uh, identify what you're actually spending your time on and kind of, uh, what is it, Marie Kondo? Like, do I does this bring me joy or do I get rid of it? You know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. in a sense, you know, the tasks are like, do I, do I love doing this? Do I hate it? Love, hate, love, hate. Then I think you described the second thing is, okay, how do, if the hate things need to get done, first of all, need, not need, because sometimes we're doing stuff just because it's always been that way and it's not yeah. even necessary anymore. And then who else can do it? And 
in many cases, there's somebody on the team ready to do it, but they didn't think they could take it from pride from your hands. Yep. And, and I think the other thing too, is as an owner is to be careful that you're not hanging on to the need to always correct everything. The fact is, if you delegate something, somebody's going to do it differently than you. It doesn't mean it's worse. It might even be better. So yes. that's, those are those, those kind of attachments there. So now let's just shift briefly here in the time we have left here, Greg, let's say somebody listening is not an owner. They're not the CEO president, but they, you know, it's a job. They're 10 years into their career, five years into their career, kind of where you were 10 years into your career doing uh, M&A. Um, and they're on a trajectory, a track with expectations, their family's expectations, they have expectations, what it means and so on. What can they do? Because they don't have as much control as an owner would of what tasks they do. You have to take a pretty severe step to say, I'm stepping out of doing what I'm doing and do something completely different. Is that what somebody has to do? Like, is, is that context shift the best way to really start finding what it is? Because I've talked to a lot of people in their 20s and 30s who just don't feel they found their happy place in a job or in a professional thing yet. And they're college educated, they've been prepared, they've gotten good jobs, but they just never really feel like this is what I'm excited about. And I feel for them because I don't know, what can they do? I would say, like, I believe that it's the journey, not the result, not the end result, right? Like that is what it is. I And I find that, and some people just change jobs. A lot of people in the pandemic changed jobs. We had my company, a ton of turnover because people were just miserable because they, was, they were missing a lot of the things that they had. And by just leaving and going somewhere else, they had a new challenge, right? They started a new job. They had to learn new people, learn new processes, learn a new company. Sometimes that is. Uh, sometimes that is what you just have to do. You have to go change a city. You have to go. And it's, it. you know, I agree. It's hard to know that and know whether you should do that. But if you are miserable, like, you know, maybe that is part of what you need to do. Um, I think the other thing is just starting to talk to people, like and try to have real conversations with people and understand what they like and dislike about their job. In a lot of cases, when you hate something and you hate your job, could be that you um, and look at it just like if you, you have a significant other and you hate your significant other, it could be them, but it could be you too. And <laughs> I would say that's the same with a boss or a job right. or a company. It sure. could be them, but it could be you too. And you don't, you're biased. You don't really know, but you, you kind of need to be able to start thinking yeah. in a different way yeah. of, okay, well, is it me? Is it them? Can I do things that make this better? So yeah. it's really a journey to figure out what you want and what fulfillment you get, like what, what, what gets you going, right? What do you really like right. to do? Is it because I, I mean, I, I, my very first job was working and my parents had a, this, this factory, which was just in a, this assembly line type thing. And, uh, it was the most boring job you could ever do. You really, really do anything. You just kind of moved your hands a little bit. And and uh, that job can be fun, though, if the person beside you is your best friend. It's fantastic. It's You're just chatting. You're having a great time or whatever. If they're not there, it really changes the dynamic. And so for, you know, in a job like that, it's the people. Uh, there was no, like, I'm going to move up and I'm going to get, uh, you know, a better role. Um, so there's lots of things. I think you have to try to identify, well, what do you, what do you get out of the job? Is it that you're a really good salesperson and that you you got the next deal? Is it money? Is it finding, you know, people and building relationships? Um, all, you know, a lot of those things that are probably called less tangible, softer, I think are what we are looking for and trying to get out and what we can get out of our jobs. And if we're in a bad spot where we can't get those things, no matter what, and we can't figure out how to get them, then I do think you have to leave and try something else. Right. So sometimes that's just what it is. He's yeah. got to try something else. Well, Greg Martin, thank you so much for stopping by Business Growth on Purpose. And I'm sure people listening, two things. One is 
you have a podcast where you dig into this topic even more, you know, completely and so on. So where should people go to listen to that? Yeah, the website is lifetimeatwork.com just to find out about it. And then you can also just search though on all of the uh, podcast platforms we are on there. Just look for Lifetime at Work and subscribe. And and uh, yeah, every week, different, different kind of different guests talking about from a different perspective, talking about exactly this. All right. And you're on LinkedIn, Greg, so people can find you there and we'll have links on the show notes as well. LinkedIn as well. Yes, you can find it. Probably easiest to go to the website. And you'll find the LinkedIn from there. Lifetimeatwork.com. It's, it's pretty easy. Fantastic. Greg Martin, thank you for stopping by Business Growth on Purpose. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. If you like the show, hit subscribe and leave us a review to help other people find the podcast. And if you're ready to take the next step in driving intentional growth for your business, come check out what we're doing at valueprop.com. We've developed industry-leading programs and systems to help B2B owners take control of their growth. Until then, thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose.